with a vision, where we discuss all things supervision. I'm your host, Sarah, professional counselor, marriage and family therapist, play therapist, eating disorder specialist, and cookie lover, with my co-host, Heather, marriage and family therapist, certified together in Texas counselor, a Texas transplant from California, and outdoor adventurer. Welcome to Supervision with a Vision. Today, Heather and I are talking about having self-compassion. This week, we read Grappling with Compassion and Fatigue, published by Counseling Today 2020. Heather, what are some ways that you regulate mind and body? I'm doing a lot of my sessions from home, Mm -hmm. uh, doing telehealth, and realizing that I really enjoy outside. I mean, I've always known this about myself, but Mm -hmm. one of the things I really have to do on a regular basis between clients, I just go walk around the yard, take Mm -hmm. some space, some time. It really helps me reset. And it helps me have perspective and get some different air. Mm -hmm. I feel like I'm doing that too. I thought it was because I'm stuck looking at a screen so often that a change of scenery, moving, Mm -hmm. all of those things really help me, I feel like. Right. I think I also do some things that are silly. I have at-home learners right now. Mm -hmm. In the middle of our day, making lunch or something, we just crank the music and dance. For me, it's to blow off steam. Mm -hmm. For them, they just think it's silly and funny. They probably have steam to burn off too. Yeah. It is a way that I'm resetting, re-regulating. How fun. Yeah. And it's kind of an opportunity because otherwise they wouldn't be at home with you. Right. Right now we have that chance to be together. So we are. Yeah. Fun. I think I am having trouble right now doing that, but I know that that is something typically I'm intentionally doing, creating time where I'm interacting with other people. Right. I used to schedule at least once a week a time where I saw a friend. Right. Like a lunch or Mm -hmm. a quick dinner. Or even just wander around Target together or something like that. Just do something. Yeah. Right. Just to be with somebody else. And I was really intentional about it. So Mm -hmm. it's been a little harder to do that now, thinking up something creative that we can still do. Mm -hmm. So we've done a lot of social distancing, walking around the parks and things like that, trails. Something else I've realized is that I sit in a different position when I'm doing telehealth. Oh, And so I'm sitting a little, I'm in my same chair, well, my desk chair, not my Mm -hmm. actual therapy chair. Mm -hmm. I was realizing that I'm holding tension in different places. And Mm -hmm. so now I'm really intentional about stretching, Mm -hmm. like movement. So even if I can't get outside, I try to hop up real quick between sessions and make sure I'm Mm -hmm. really adjusting physically. Yeah, I think this is similar, or I recognize in myself that every day that I do work out in some way, I feel better, it's a better day, I end the day in a different place, like a Mm -hmm. different mindset. So sometimes I really argue with myself really early in the morning and go, I don't want to get up, I want to lay in bed. I want to sleep in a little bit today. But I really do feel better when I get up and work out. I used to swim a lot, Mm -hmm. realized that the way that I swim is kind of meditative Ah, that I breathe out with a certain count Mm -hmm. and I breathe in with a certain Mm -hmm. count the rhythm of what I'm doing and the water is really methodic and meditative I didn't really appreciate all those positive benefits like just the breathe cycle Mm -hmm. you know I just did a online workshop last Wednesday and it was about self-care for therapists oh neat Um, and one of the things they talked about is regulating your breaths Mm -hmm. and they talked about your inhale should be or your exhale should be twice as long as your inhale 
and that that type of breathing does help reset your brain chemistry. Interesting. So this is a swimming drill. Oh, okay. That you start out, breathe, and you breathe out for five counts. and Long then breath. And then you breathe in, and then you breathe out for five counts. And you do that one length of the pool, mm-hmm. and then when you come back, you do seven. Oh, okay. And then when you go the other direction, you do nine. Right. And I can't remember what I, I used mm-hmm. to be able to get to, but you would gradually increase. So you would... So Challenge really, yourself. by the time you're, right. you're only breathing every nine counts, mm-hmm. you probably only breathe maybe three or four times right. to get across the pool. Building up that. But mm-hmm. it's Regulating that. Yeah. yeah. Neuroscience. It really makes me miss swimming. Pools aren't open yet. Right. Hopefully soon. <laughs> um, Heather, what are some emotional boundaries that you create for yourself in order to help with self-compassion? One of the things I always remind myself, in fact, forever, I had a sticky note that was in my car that would remind me that saying no means saying yes. If I'm saying no oh. to something, then uh-huh. I'm saying yes. In fact, the article gave an example, and I could have written that myself, <laughs> saying no to the client that really needs a Thursday night session. Mm-hmm. Well, Thursday night, my kiddo has soccer games, and that's important to him and important to me. And Thursday night, I'll be at soccer. Mm-hmm. And that's hard, especially when you're trying to build clientele or when you're trying to work everybody into a different cycle. Mm-hmm. But it's reminding myself that I just said yes to my kid, right. even though I had to say no to something work-related. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's a little bit different, but last week, actually, I caught myself on a busy day. I got an email, a response email from someone responding to times when they could meet. Mm-hmm. But the time that they could meet was within the next two hours. Oh, They sent it too late, too late really. Right. And for, I read it, and for a second, I thought, oh, okay, well, I can do this. I'll, I'll eat lunch at a different time. And then I thought, wait, why am I doing this? Right. Stop. Right. That's unreasonable for me. And mm-hmm. it sets an unreasonable expectation that they can right. email with a couple hours notice and expect that I can meet during such short notice or within that time. And I don't really want to set the precedent Mm -hmm. that I can do that all the time. That's exactly what I was going to say next is that I try and put my expectations out there clearly uh, to that client or to any, even a colleague that wants to set something up. I try and be very clear that this is what I'm willing to do or this is what I have available and stick to it. Mm -hmm. Even if I get a client that cancels and, oh, I could call them and work them in. I just take that as space and time that I needed to either work on some paperwork or take time for myself. Mm-hmm. When I think of creating emotional boundaries this week, I thought about two, at least two people that I worked with when I was very young that had, I realized had a really important impact on me and creating emotional boundaries. And I didn't know it then, but looking when, back, you can see it. Right. And when those, those situations come up again, I still remember that those were important lessons that they taught right. me. Uh, one was someone, I think they were, they were kind of an administrative management role in a homeless shelter that I worked at. And he was so great at creating boundaries. And at the same time, he was so generous with himself. Mm, okay. And I thought, what a cool example mm-hmm. that his boundaries were very clear. He was not going to compromise them. He knew what they were. He knew why they were important. But he also worked hard. He worked really hard. And if there was a situation where he could reasonably do a little more, stay a little later, and it was something that he valued right. or that he wanted to do, he would do it. Right. Um, I also thought of when I first started out as a counselor, I worked with a group of women. They just happened to have known each other a really long time, like most of their working careers. They, so they had, all work together, but you're the new girl. I'm the new person. Okay. And they are, as a group, all about the same age. And they've all worked together. They were in their 60s. Wow. And they might have worked together for almost 40 years. Wow. The way they communicated was really impressive, for one thing. One of the things that they regularly communicated to each other were their emotional boundaries. Mm, okay. In different interactions, 
organizations, they would be in the building, sometimes in a meeting or sometimes just one or two in a group. And I would see them do this hand movement. And I think it's, I don't know that they knew it, but it's sign language for finished. Oh, yes. Okay. Mm -hmm. And So I knew sign language. I don't know. I have no idea if any of them knew sign language, but they would do that to each other and they would do it in a really quick, subtle way, casual. What they were saying to each other was just let it go. Right. This isn't worth holding on to. You just, yeah, you just got to let it go and move on and you can do the things that you can do, but Mm -hmm. this one, you just Mm -hmm. have to let that go. Right. And I have really carried that with me that they would say that to themselves. They would say it to their friend. They would say it to the group Mm -hmm. and they didn't even have to use words at that point. They just would do do that little. And they knew. Mm -hmm. That's Mm -hmm. interesting. You know, one of the other things I do to create that emotional boundary is at the end of the day, I put everything away. So Mm -hmm. even in my office, when I leave my office, um, I have an older desk that you can close up and it Mm -hmm. looks more like a piece of furniture. And when I'm done at the end of my work day, I close it up. So Mm -hmm. even if I come back the next day, often I'm in my office a little while before my day Mm -hmm. starts, um, when I'm in my office and coming into that environment versus coming into a desk full of whatever, it just calms me. It's just a space Mm. to start. Day before, close it all up, put it away. While I'm at home, I actually took my desk chair from work and use it at home. Mm -hmm. One out of convenience. The other part is that's where my work stuff is. I kind Mm -hmm. of shove everything in that corner. It feels like you can compartmentalize. This is my spot. Hmm. I like that idea. Heather, what are some ways that you are not just regulating mind and body and creating emotional boundaries, but ways that you show self-compassion? This one is a huge struggle for me. And I think it's a learning curve. So I'm better at it now, but I'm not sure it was my experience as a counselor that got me better at it. Mm. I think it was just adult life and being stretched too thin with things that I volunteered for or Mm -hmm. things that were just keeping me busy. And so it was always a struggle for me to balance taking care of myself. And Mm -hmm. then it was okay. Like I had guilt. It wasn't okay for me to schedule a appointment in the middle of the day that was self-care or a doctor's appointment because I should be seeing clients or I should be doing work. So it's been something I've had to learn. But now uh, as practice, and I learned it um, through my previous supervisor, every six weeks or so, take a day off. I don't know if I can commit to six weeks, but I can look at my calendar (laughs) and I'll commit to every three months. Mm -hmm. And when I know that I'm struggling, I put it on the calendar six weeks out, get Mm -hmm. something coming to look forward to. I still struggle with this because I get in that trap of there's always something else I should be doing, whether it's work related or mom related or whatever. There's always something else I should be working on. Mm. I connect with the word guilt when you Mm -hmm. just described that. I think this is something I'm pretty good at. It was really clearly modeled for me by my parents. Oh, okay. When I was growing up, they certainly didn't always have the time or the money Mm -hmm. to feel like we could all, we could take a family vacation. Right. Or we could do something fancy. Fancy. Okay. (laughs) But we always did. Ah. And it it wasn't always super fancy. I mean, we did it, we did trips on a low budget, Mm -hmm. but we always took trips. We did trip. We took trips. Right. We would do something in the winter. We would do something in the summer. We went camping. Mm-hmm. We would we'd go to the beach. We we mm-hmm. they made a point of doing that. It was clear to me that it was partly for us to get to go do things right. to expose us to new places, but it was also for them, right, to reset. Mm-hmm. I really got that message. But guilt, I I feel when you said that, I thought, oh, I do sometimes feel that way. I do take time for myself. I do schedule time probably throughout every single day, mm-hmm. a little chunk of time that I think no. That's for me because I need to recharge. Right. No, if I think I'm going to do four sessions in a row, I need a little time right. where then I get a big break. I get to, my brain gets to shut off. Mm-hmm. I get to go do something else. Right. So I feel like I do that pretty regularly. Take every six weeks mm-hmm. or however often. I don't know if I'm that intentional doing it every yeah. six weeks, but <laughs> when I do uh, take a day like that, and I think I'm going to go somewhere nice for lunch because I've really been wanting to go to this place, and I take myself and I take a book, right, and I drink a glass of wine, mm-hmm. and because I know I'm not going to do anything for the rest of the afternoon. I don't feel bad 
out about that. I think this is good for me and these are the things I like Mm -hmm. to do. So uh, occasionally I'm going to do it. But then when I tell someone that that I do that, it feels like I I feel a little judgy, mm -hmm, Mm -hmm. a little guilt or you just took a Tuesday off. Yeah. And in reflection, I think it's good modeling. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that when I do it, you're right. It's usually about the other person and Mm -hmm. what they think of it. Probably more so than myself. I'm better now about my time. Does it feel that way because you're in private practice? Someone might go, oh, the luxury of being in private practice. Absolutely. That's that, I think, guilt, defensiveness that I think, no, I work hard. Right. I work really hard to to be able to do this. Right. Like, this is my treat. Someone who has a nine to five does, works hard in a different way. Right. That you and I don't have, we don't have to necessarily work nine to five. Right. Right. uh, But we do other things that are difficult. Absolutely. Okay. Last, how are you self-regulating during a session? Um, Before going to telehealth, the chair that I sit in is perfectly sized for me. So Mm -hmm. I would self-regulate just by pressing my feet against the floor because I'm grounding or sitting up real straight, getting that full pressure against your back. Since telehealth and I'm in a different spot and a different chair and all those things, I find myself doing it very differently. The desk that's in front of me that my laptop's on for telehealth, I find myself leaning into it. Again, it's pressure points, leaning in really hard. Interesting. Um, I find myself holding my hands together more, mm-hmm. not necessarily cracking my knuckle kind of thing, but squeezing. Mm-hmm. I, I know, and I've picked up on the fact that I'm doing it during those really intense sessions. Hmm. It's not every mm-hmm. session. It's just mm-hmm. when I'm super intense, I know we're all getting that strange neck pain from gazing forward yeah. into the screen. I've been trying really hard to not do that as much. When I catch myself leaning forward in the camera, I'm like, oh, sit up, mm-hmm. self-check, mm-hmm. realign your body. Don't mm-hmm. sit that way. Interesting, yeah. But that's been, I guess, maybe almost a benefit of telehealth is being able to see the positioning. Like you can, I can see in the camera when I'm leaning too far forward. Oh, wow. Okay. I don't need to be quite so yeah. far in. I'm going to think about that. I've never yeah. noticed myself doing it. I can notice because my back and neck hurt. Right. But Start looking noticed. for your, how big your face is. Yeah. I'm going to look for that. Those things. Hmm. But one of the other things that I am pretty good at is reminding myself during a session, and it can be even a conversation. If you're having a deep conversation today, for example, it happened with a supervisee. This was huge for my supervisee. This was a big thing. She had never experienced what to do when this crisis happens. She was hitting all the right steps, had her list of things to make sure she checked off and that she did. I was really in tune with what is that like for her right the first time. Just reminding myself when it was my first time doing this, when it was my first Mm -hmm. time I got a call from a hospital that a client had been admitted. Mm -hmm. Not really what are the steps, but what's the emotionality behind it? Mm -hmm. So you're saying not the actual process, right? step one, step two, step three, but the process that your body goes through and experiences. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm going to have to really think about the way that I self-regulate in a session now compared to before. Mm -hmm. I think some of the ways that I I continue to self-regulate when I need it, I'll make a cup of tea. Right. And that, and the Mm -hmm. warm and, Mm -hmm. and sipping it, it kind of gives me, sometimes with a client gives me a second to take a sip and think. Yes. Mm -hmm. I have been very intentional about that before. Mm -hmm. That is helpful. So I can still do that. Right. In person or virtual. Something that I'm doing now, I think it helps. I'm not sure. Sometimes I will sit, my chair's wide enough. I can sit Mm cross-legged in the chair Mm -hmm. and I can tell I do that to feel kind of like more grounded, settled, even. Mm -hmm. And I can't really do that in person as easily. Right. Depending. Right. Depending on the client. Right. I was going to say, sometimes (laughs) I absolutely on purpose, depending on the client, that's, I guess, another thing that I was doing in person, thinking through my clients and realizing I'm going to wear pants today mm-hmm, right. because I know we're probably going to sit on the floor, but also sitting on the floor and doing something is right. self-regulating for right. me. Sometimes I haven't really done it that much since having been virtual, but I will do that in between sessions. Mm-hmm. I might sit on the floor and color. Right. Things 
out that are giving you a break mentally. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I'll have to think more. You, you've got me thinking about <laughs> things that I do to self-regulate in person, but how that is changed or might be the same. I realized when reading the article, one of the things that I do, and I didn't, I wasn't even aware of it. I always have a big cup of water with me, my mm-hmm. big refillable water. And I have that with me in session. And I think that without even putting too much effort into it, I take sips of my water mm-hmm. during session. Right. Just, to, and I do think that's a self-regulation mm-hmm. tactic. Mm-hmm. Well, thanks, Heather. Today we talked about compassion, fatigue, and taking care of ourselves. Uh, thanks for joining us on Supervision with a Vision. You've been listening to Supervision with a Vision. Head on over to iTunes to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. Be sure to check us out on Facebook and Instagram at Therapy Academy to join the conversation and get show notes. We'll be back next week with more Supervision with a Vision.